Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to Indians on Deck. I am Matt Schlichting, joined as always by Brian Hemminger. Brian, how has spring training been? It has been the best four days of my life. And you're not even at spring training, correct? (laughs) No. Exactly. Uh, It's that exciting. I have been box score watching. I need baseball. I need to see prospects doing things and they're actually getting to do things. So we definitely want to talk about first impressions we've seen. We're going to get to that later on in the show. We also learned that there's going to be an expanded, basically, taxi squad that follows teams on the road. And I think we both have some thoughts about how that might give or maybe hinder opportunities for some of the prospects. But first, it turns out that schedule changes to the AAA season uh, occurred. I I want to say that came down today or yesterday, but the season will be delayed by a month. I don't think that's a huge surprise because that's what was happening already for all the other levels that were full season. Like the initial announcement was, you know, major league starts early April, triple A starts a couple days later, and then every other level starts a month later. I think it's not a huge shock here that triple A is going to start at the same time as everybody else. Yeah, it seems like maybe we'll get lucky with triple A because I could see... The league acknowledging perhaps a point the Players Association would make, although I don't know if they care about minor leaguers. That's not casting shade. I do not know if they are represented by the MLBPA now that I think about it. I don't don't think you get represented until you either make a 40-man roster or actually get called up to the show. Even from the major league team standpoint, you would want to try to have the closest level play as many games as possible, I think is what I mean. I think from what I'm hearing is... The main reason that they are pushing back AAA is, I think, vaccine availability because they want to make sure everybody gets vaccinated. And right now, there's no guarantee that every AAA player would be able to get vaccinated uh, before the season starts, but they should be able to get all the major league players and coaches. So that's that's the main thing. So, Do you think that's going to have any effects on the Indians' willingness to call up certain players to ensure that they're getting another month of real games, essentially. Is that going to affect 40-man or 26-man roster decision-making, do you think? Well, from what I'm hearing is they're still going to set up a taxi squad uh, during the regular season. So Tom Hamilton today during the broadcast mentioned that they're trying to get Columbus set up uh, because they want it to be close. So even though they're not going to be having games there, they'll be having like all the extra players there for the, that first month. Um, that That's the plan, at least. I mean, it still has to be approved and everything. But uh, 
so they'll they'll be close enough that say they need somebody they can call and they'll get them there you know in an hour or two then what was really interesting was he mentioned that when they go on the road they're not just going to be only playing the central division this time they'll be playing all over you know you're not going to just be able to go hey columbus let's get a player if you're in Los Angeles, so they're going to be bringing five taxi squad members with them, like super taxi squad. So in case something happens where, you know, somebody tests positive, they're not, they're out. Maybe somebody that was directly exposed to them is out too. And they need to bring someone in at the, you know, immediately. Uh, they will have some players with instant access to, to be able to join the team on a moment's notice, which is kind of cool. The flexibility that it provides the team, plus I think the development chance it's going to offer, like you said, some of those guys is, it's sort of a nice compromise, I think, for some of the guys who are close. They're not going to necessarily have to lose the chance to be working out in close proximity with the team trainers and and, in the facilities, I guess. That's how it seems. I guess we'll have to see. It'll be interesting to see if any players talk about <clears throat> the adjustment this season with yet more changes, I guess. I mean, the main thing that matters right now is that we're getting to see some of these guys in action or maybe at least hear them in action yes. uh, since there's no uh, television yet. Uh, but I have been getting to listen and some of those guys get a good crack out of the bat. Oh, I just speaking of bat cracks, Bobby Bradley. Oh my! We God. did get to see that. We did get to see that. Actually. We got to talk about that home run <laughs> since we're on the subject. Did you see Mandy Bell's tweet just marking where it hit the wall? <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a crater in the wall. God. <laughs> so yeah, we've had uh, a few home runs, but his was by far the most impressive. He hit it so hard, the cameraman just immediately lost sight of it. And he didn't even <laughs> think to point to the part of the park where Bradley hit it because it's like, no, nobody hits it there. Actually. That, that game was a, that game was a classic Bobby Bradley game too. He came up, he, he went one for two with a home run and a strikeout. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But today he hit the ball twice, but he did not get on base. So for the entire spring training so far, he's one for four, but that one is a big one. So only a 25% strikeout rate. That's actually a significant improvement on his last time in the major (laughs) leagues. When he was over 40. Work to do still. But hey, if every four at bats we get a home run, strikeout, and I don't know, whatever, just random outs, that's a guy you play. Uh, Who are some of the other guys that have gotten to a hot start? Okay. I mean, you can't say hot start without starting with – the two shortstop prospects that have really impressed uh, Gabriel Arias so far, he has played two games. He is five for five and he has scored two runs and has two runs batted in. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. I thought he couldn't <laughs> hit. <laughs> no, no, he can hit. Uh, he's actually known for gl- uh, bat first um, and power first actually, but he has uh, no extra base hits yet, but. So he is, no, he's a, he's a good hitting shortstop, but, and then uh, Andres Jimenez, who was, you know, the big return in the Lindor trade, he's kind of making us forget about Lindor a little bit with a four for four with a triple home run, run scored and three runs batted in. That's good too. I thought he couldn't hit. Uh, He can hit, but 
uh, as far he wasn't supposed to be hitting for power, but you know, triple and a home run, not too bad in uh, your first four at bats. No, it is not. <clears throat> and you're going to be surprised by this one. Bring it. Will Benson. Will Benson. Yep. So far, he's played in three games. He's gone. He can't for... hit. I know this. Don't <laughs> he's fool gone... me. Well, that's the thing. He's only got one hit. He's one for three with three walks. I'll take it. Just so, get on base. That's all yeah, I care about. You know, get on base at a 60, 666 clip. I, I'll take that. I will sign whatever contract Satan requires to allow us to have an outfielder who gets on base 66.6% of the time, because that's a whole lot of outs he's not making. Now, in terms of other, you know, big, big time prospects and your interest, people interested in how they're performing so far. Um, as we mentioned, you know, Bobby Bradley competing for the first base job. He's one for four with a home run and a strikeout. Nolan Jones. So far, he has played in three games. He is one for five with a walk and a run scored. There is an issue, though. Out of all four outs, they are all strikeouts. And he has an error. Tyler Freeman, he is two for five. Pretty good. With a run and an error. He had an error today. Daniel Johnson, he had an RBI double today, which was good. But other than that, he is one for four with an error. I will also say that Will Benson's out today was a screamer that got caught in the outfield. He, he only got one at bat, but he crushed it and somebody just caught it. So, no, he's looking good. I mean, he, so far he's only getting in at the very end of games against, you know, maybe guys that'll be bagging groceries next week, uh, as you say in uh, Major League. So far, you know, so good for him. Uh, George Valera, so far he is one for two with a walk and a run scored. I'm trying to think of any other top prospects that people might be interested in hearing about. Um, I think... Unless someone else jumps out at you, <clears throat> I think that's a pretty good rundown of what we've seen from a lot of the guys that we're most excited about or are most curious about, such as Bill uh, Benson. A who couple seems players to be coming er- from Ernie nowhere. Clement. Ernie Clement and Owen Miller are getting a decent amount of playing time. I think they've played in three games out of the first four. Clements, and you had mentioned to yeah. me there's something a little bit unusual about how they're being used. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Clement is has been a shortstop or second base for the most part. But he has gone in twice in the outfield right now. Uh, and he's three for seven with three runs batted in and a run scored. Uh, and Owen Miller is a shortstop, perhaps second baseman. Uh, he's one for seven, although Hammy said that he is hitting the ball hard all line drives. Uh, but he also played first base today, which was a bit surprising. It's like the exodus of middle infielders. It's begun, and it started in the weirdest place we could have imagined. Ernie Clement? Like, I always, I hear his name. Oh, yeah, he is a second base non-prospect, essentially, who I think doesn't get enough credit for as good as he is. But I believe I put him in the best of the rest, so he's not, you know, too bad. Oh, I don't think he's bad at all. He reminds me a little bit of Kai Tom, where just throwing our hands in the air going, why isn't anybody curious about what he can do? Kai Tom's now on Oakland after getting Rule 5 drafted. Never remind me that we lost Kai Tom again, Brian. (laughs) I apologize. Um, We have had some decent, interesting pitching performances as well. Now, again, this is spring training, um, so you got to take all the pitching with a grain of salt because you don't know if somebody's coming in and they're telling them to only work on their changeup or something. 
Like I think uh, Zach Playsack today did not throw a breaking ball. Like it was just fastball change up the whole time. You know, he mm-hmm. got knocked around a bit. So you're, you're going to expect some things like that. But so far, uh, pitching nothing real crazy that I'm hearing. Um, Kyle Nelson probably had the top performance. So guy battling for that, you know, left-handed uh, relief role. So far, he's got one inning, struck out two, no hits, no walks, no runs. And of the two that he struck out, one of them was Jared Kalenic, the top prospect for the Mariners. So that was impressive. <laughs> uh, Trevor Steven, uh, the guy that we Rule 5 drafted from the Yankees, uh, he was used, utilized in one inning and uh, had a perfect inning with a strikeout. Of note, Sam Hemkis came in. And was hitting uh, 97 miles an hour, and he pitched a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. He did walk a guy. Um, what else? Emmanuel Classe. Uh, in his debut, it wasn't great. You know, one inning, he, he gave up three hits and a run and a, had a strikeout, but he was hitting 98 miles an hour in his debut. Carlos Vargas uh, was sitting... 96, 97 miles an hour with his fastball and gave up one run in one inning. Uh, We've had a couple really bad performances, if you want to hear those. Worst performance so far goes to Scott Moss. Came in and pitched two innings, four hits, three earned runs with a couple strikeouts. So not terrible, but definitely not good. And Brian Shaw stunk it up today, came in. uh, That's not a prospect, though. Two-thirds of an inning gave up three runs. I mean, Brian Shaw is not a prospect, but he's near and dear to our hearts nonetheless. Really not a lot of prospects getting action today. Kyle Dowdy came in and was throwing 98 miles an hour. He's all we have left from the Willie Castro trade. That was the last inning, and he he did still give up two runs. So that's that's pretty much everything for anyone interested in the, the battle for the fifth starter. Cal Quantrill gave up uh, or pitched two scoreless innings with a run or uh, a hit, a walk, and a strikeout. I don't think Logan Allen... Big Logan Allen has got to pitch yet. So far, it's pretty much just been Quantrill that's gotten a start that's battling for the number five spots, and he was good. I don't really know that we saw enough from him to have any even inklings yet, but he did get a ground ball out. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't get to see a lot of him last year either. He kind of came in as a you know long reliever, but I mean he was capable of starting even then. It's just there was never a spot for him in the rotation, so... Uh, but now there is. So I and think he was always a starting pitching prospect. I think it's his to lose the more I think about it. They just gave him the first look out of all of those guys. And so that signals to me, at least, that they might be most confident about him or at least want to find out about him first. Uh, they, I think that's definitely a, a good sign for him that he was given the the start on their very first game. We'll, we'll see more of him. We'll see more of everybody else, too. I'm sure we'll be seeing uh, big Logan Allen, too. What's interesting is you always hear about you know guys that come in in uh, either really good shape or out of shape. Um, there are two players, two prospects, I would say, that came in in really, really good shape for uh, spring training. So that would be Bobby Bradley, who apparently lost 35 pounds, uh, Logan Allen Sr., who also lost about 30 pounds. Apparently, he gave up donuts. So in poor poor Mandy Bell wrote the article. It was called No More Donuts or something was the title. And Logan like retweeted it 
with a quote, he's like, oh man, you must have been really, I must have been really fat if they're calling it no more donuts when I finally lose weight. Can't not think of the episode of Parks and Rec when they have to explain why Andy's lost all the weight. <laughs> and he's just like, he just said, I stopped drinking beer. You must have been drinking, what, 40 beers a day? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do feel bad for the man though, because losing a food that you love. Actually, no, I don't think it's that bad. Get over the donuts, man. You pitch in the bigs. <laughs> I understand, but it's just like, I wonder if he accidentally said like, oh yeah, I cut donuts out, some other things. And then he opens the internet the next day and it's like, God damn it. I'm the donut guy now. <laughs> yeah, that happens. I did you know, CrossFit Carlos, too. Carlos but... Carrasco said he liked cookies one time. Yeah. <laughs> then look what happened. Oh, Hato Turkaloo. The same thing. I know this is basketball, but he mentions offhand, like, I'll eat a pizza before games sometimes. And then it was his thing. He was the dude who ate a whole pizza before games. That was it. In addition yep. to inexplicably hitting delicious three-pointers against the Cavs nonstop. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> basketball notwithstanding. I think that's... We kind of made it all the way around the farm yeah. so far, haven't we? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I guess uh, in the very first game, Bo Naylor came in, so... I didn't mention him because he's only played in one game and he had one at bat, but he went one for one. So he threw out. a guy out too. And he threw a guy out. Yeah. And he had a block on a breaking ball in the dirt for strike three and he threw the dude out at first. Yep. So he had a cannon arm, good defense, and got a hit. Huge shout out to Bo Naylor making the most of a very small opportunity so far. I just. You like him a lot. I do. I want to see him succeed. I don't know what it is about certain prospects, but they just get they get under my skin. And I guess Bo Naylor is the next Yandy Diaz for me. I don't know. <laughs> just hope he doesn't end up in Tampa. Uh, another prospect that has gotten no love from anybody so far because they don't really know him that well is Alex Call. Have you ever heard of him? We picked him up in a trade. Yes. He was the return in the Yonder Alonzo trade. Oh, my to, goodness. Um, and so far, he's got to play in three games. He's two for five with an RBI you, and a run scored. You know who's not two for five in spring training? Yonder Alonzo. Alonzo. <laughs> I, I think he retired, actually, in the offseason. Yeah, he so. did. <laughs> Which players do that someday. But, yes, the Indians do seem to know when it's time to trade a guy. Honestly, if... Indians call me during the trade deadline. I hang up. <laughs> I say new phone. Who dis? Basically, I. Yeah. I mean, after seeing what uh, Arias and uh, Jimenez are doing, yikes! The deals keep looking worse and worse that the Indians front office makes. Well, that Clevenger deal looks horrible now. Yeah. How quick did the perspective of that tra trade flip? I thought it was six months ago. People were like, I give up on the team forever. None of this is going to help us anytime soon. And it's like, I know I was probably too high on Josh Naylor at first when he came over, but I don't, I, and I'm now Ariaz and I, it's exciting. Every time we think we have emptied out the farm system, we blink and there's like six more shortstops that are just hitting 350 for some reason. Yeah, and, and there's still quite a few players that I'm expecting to see action that we haven't seen yet. You know, we haven't seen Rokio. Oh, boy. You know, we haven't seen Brocco. I think that they should both be, you know, getting some, some playing time as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about what we're going to be seeing here soon. Me too. And as always, we're going to be here to tell you about it along the way. I think we're going to, we should bring questions back next week. 
I think that would oh, be yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially At least every other we'll week. Be playing. Yeah. I believe that brings us to a very special time here on Indians on Deck, if you're ready, Brian. I'm ready. I'm always ready. So it is time for us to read a poem by the illustrious E.E. E. Gamix. <clears throat> Ch- Chad Wallach! Chad Wallach! Chad Wallach! Chad Wallach! Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs who have big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.